This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. America really is off the train tracks. Our culture, our way of life, um, this is crazy warped stuff. Standardless. Where are the standards? Well, they're arbitrarily enforced and uh, usually by the far left. I think this guy <laughs> exemplifies this crazy moment. He and another person that I'll introduce you to. First, this is John Gruden. He's been in the news this week. The former coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Why? Because of 10-year-old emails that the fake news falsely said were misogynistic, homophobic, and racist. We went through earlier this week how those emails are not that, but it was just too easy for the drive-by media to label them as such, Rush Limbaugh. Take a look at what he lost. He lost his uh, big job, of course, the head coaching job. He lost all of his endorsement deals, everything that comes with that kind of thing. They even took him out of a Madden NFL video game that he was featured in. And perhaps worst of all, he's now known as the disgraced former coach, okay? When really, I don't think he did anything wrong. Regrettable, sure, not ideal, yeah, but no, no, and now he's disgraced. Meanwhile, in the same country, we've got a guy by the name of Lieutenant Michael Byrd from the Capitol Police Force, and this guy can go around claiming he's a hero. He has his job, he has his salary, he has a gold medal, why? for shooting Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, he's the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt. Doesn't look like he issued any warning whatsoever. I said throughout this that no police department in the country would justify that shooting. Now it seems like even the Capitol Hill police itself has grave misgivings about what he did to Ashley Babbitt, but somehow, somehow, he actually got a gold medal along with all the other Capitol Hill cops. A gold medal was unanimously approved. Can you believe that? For shooting an unarmed civilian. Here's why this uh, rattles my cage so much, beyond the obvious that she was unarmed and shot and killed, that nobody in this country for the longest time seemed to care. I was watching the news the very next day, all right? I got up early. The Today Show had special coverage starting at 6 a.m., Hoda in New York, Savannah in Washington, D.C., Right behind her is the building where somebody was shot and killed, and it was Ashley Babbitt. They didn't say anything about it. In the aftermath of yesterday's stunning siege here at the U.S. Capitol, Hoda, you know, I used to live here. I used to cover this building, cover the White House. I looked at it this morning. I've never looked at it with tears in my eyes. (laughs) But this morning I did because of what happened yesterday and what was lost. But it is a new day in Washington. And so it goes on like this for hours. And they don't mention that a woman right behind Savannah was shot and killed by Capitol Police. I mean, that's kind of part of the story. That's interesting. Something was very weird very early in this matter, and we still don't have all the answers. Meanwhile, the same crew, fake news, they have a field day 
with this Gruden story, okay? Everybody can feel morally superior. Can they really though, all right? I'm telling you, the emails, they're not what they're saying they are. But boy, oh boy, why not, huh? He's a rich white guy. Let's cancel him, it's fun. Famed NFL coach John Gruden is out after a new report found he repeatedly used anti-gay and racially insensitive language in emails. Former Super Bowl winner John Gruden out as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders after racist, homophobic, and misogynistic comments were found. John Gruden announcing his exit as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders over emails he sent that were anti-black, anti-gay, and anti-woman. All right. You see, they made a bigger deal about these semi-offensive emails than they did about Ashley Babbitt losing her life. Now I understand, cultural stories can be big, they can be huge, and we like to talk about them. So maybe this isn't a fair comparison. So let me compare Ashley Babbitt though to George Floyd, who's now, crazily enough, some sort of patron saint. All right, take a look at his funeral. I mean, it was over the top, right in the middle of COVID, Uh, it was, kind of beyond comprehension to me that George Floyd would get this kind of treatment. But you know what? (laughs) I don't know. That happened for him. You know what Ashley Babbitt got? She deserved, she actually raided a military funeral because she served on active duty. She went all the way to Iraq for this country. Iraq is a bad place during war, I know. Especially for a woman. Yes, especially for a woman. The Pentagon went out of their way to let the Babbitt family know that she would not be allowed or be eligible for a military funeral. Um, That's really crazy. That's what I mean about society, American society, just the culture. I mean, what is it? What's happening? Nothing makes sense anymore. Yet we have these journalists, right? The media, they're looking out for us and they're only concerned about the truth. Just ask them. KUSI facts still matter, as does the truth. When you need brutal honesty. It's nothing but tribalism and this personality cult. When you need answers first thing in the morning. You need your morning Joe only on MSNBC. Facts first, facts first, but it's the facts you choose. You don't choose all the facts, you choose the facts that back up your your narrative, your story. They have to have a story. They have to have a beginning, middle, and an end. They have to have a good guy and a bad guy. Narrative, it should be a dirty word. Because facts that interfere with their narrative, that interfere with the story they want to tell, those facts are ignored. The group Judicial Watch just obtained uh, thousands of documents uh, related to the case, Ashley Babbitt, Capitol Hill, and the officer Byrd said (laughs) he did not observe that she was armed. Again, they know that he knew that she did not have a gun, but he used deadly force anyway. That's against every guideline, every regulation, every law, I believe, that the cops are supposed to follow. You don't just start shooting somebody for a trespassing incident, even if it is the Capitol. Take the White House. Take the White House. You've heard of those uh, fence jumpers. Happens fairly routinely. Some nut job jumps the fence and what do they do? They chase the guy down. They chase the guy down and they finally tackle him and they arrest him and it goes from there. I mean, if they wanted to, I guess they could shoot that guy right now, 
but they're not going to. Why not? Because he does not pose a deadly threat. He does not pose a deadly threat. But they don't tell you that. They don't tell you that. The fake news doesn't tell you that. They also don't tell you all the details of the George Floyd case. Like he was begging to be put on the ground. Did you know that? That the cops were actually trying to help him at one point? That he did not want to be in the back seat? They said, he, listen. Uh, my wrist, my wrist, man. My wrist, man, please. I I want to lay on the ground. He was in the police car, seemed to be having almost a medical situation, so they put him on the ground. They were trying to help him initially. Now look, I wish George Floyd was alive. I also wish that Officer Chauvin did not put his knee on his neck. I also wish that this was not in the Minneapolis Police Department manual. Did you know that they had a manual? Of course they do, a training manual. Uh, use of force policy in Minneapolis. And one of the restraints that was authorized at the time, neck restraint, non-deadly force option it was determined to be, defined as compressing one or both sides of a person's neck with an arm or leg. With an arm or leg. That never should have been in the manual, but it was. Did you know that? I know a lot of people don't know that. But it's just too easy to say that this guy is a brutal murderer and uh, that's it. Case closed, case closed. We'll see what happens. Um, and maybe he should be in jail. But we needed to know about that. We needed to know about that. See, the media, what do they do? They just latch on to a story and they go with it. Like Ashley Babbitt, a uh, domestic terrorist, and they go with it. Did you know this? That Capitol Hill police walked away at a critical moment? Watch this. These police officers are right outside the House of Representatives. This is before Ashley Babbitt is shot, just a minute or so. Watch what they do. Watch how they walk away. Bro, I see people out there get hurt. I don't want to hurt. I just make a, we will make a bad day. No one's, no one's hurting these cops, by the way. You can see that. Now watch. We just let us make a pad. There's the gun, and you know what happens next. We can stop it there. Why did those cops walk away? Why wouldn't the commission look into that, the select committee? No, they want to talk about what Donald Trump said in March. What about that? Why aren't they asking that question? Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed, and they wouldn't even give her the military funeral she deserved. And George Floyd is now almost literally a saint. Statues, coast to coast, of this criminal, and he was a criminal, going all the way back to Texas. He's lauded Ashley Babbitt. You should see what they say about her online. I mean, you name it. See, white trash gets worse, gets worse. She got what she deserved. So many people believe that. So many people say that, not just uh, anonymous trolls on the internet, but important people, people who want you to watch them on TV or who write columns for big newspapers. That's what they think of us, right? Not only of Ashley, but all of us. Remember what she said? That's what they think. 
You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. <laughs> right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. That's what she thinks. That's what they think. I am proud that I've gotten to know a little bit the family of Ashley Babbitt. I've talked many times to Ashley's husband, Arid, and tonight, for the first time, I will talk to Ashley's mother. Ashley's mother, there on the left, will be joining us in just a few moments. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view, and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say... Is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't. You know what the fake news hates almost as much as they hate Donald Trump? For a long time, they really hated Facebook. Why? Because so many of the political experts said Facebook was responsible for the election of Donald Trump back in 2016. And they never stopped writing about this. Facebook did this. Facebook did that. Facebook allowed the Russian disinformation. All that, all those deplorables said whatever they wanted. It's Facebook's fault. And boy, oh boy, they really let Facebook have it. Your private data was likely used to help Trump get elected. And Facebook did pretty much nothing to stop it from happening. But is anyone really surprised? The truth is that in the 2016 election, you know, a lot of things happened, but in some ways it was a social media election. I mean, it was the, the Trump campaign, leaving aside the accusations about uh, Russia, the Trump campaign used Facebook very successfully. Mm -hmm. 2016 will be known as the year that Twitter and Facebook helped mint a president. Uh, yeah, so they blamed Facebook and they also resented, you heard that one guy say, how well the Trump team used Facebook. It's a valid place to have advertisements. So uh, whenever Zuckerberg would show up on Capitol Hill, man, the, both sides gave it to him, but really the Democrats. Again, they thought he was responsible for President Trump. I'm talking about notification of the users. And, and, and this relates to the issue of transparency and the relationship of trust, informing the user about what you know in terms of how their personal information has been misused. And I'm also concerned that when you personally became aware of this, did you or senior leadership do an inquiry to find out who at Facebook had this information and did they not have a discussion about whether or not the users should be informed back in December of 2015. Senator, in retrospect, I think we clearly view it as a mistake that we didn't inform people. And we did that based on false information that we thought that the case was closed and that the data had been deleted. So there was a decision made so on that this basis goes not on. to inform the users. This goes right? on for a long time on That's Capitol Hill. Everyone's... Okay. Mad and, uh, at Mark. And by the way, Kamala can really do that condescending thing pretty well. So Facebook is rattled by this attention, and they don't want to be known as the firm that got Donald Trump elected. So what do they do? 
They try, they do whatever they can to get a Democrat elected. It's true. Take a look at this New York Post headline from today. Probably the best newspaper in the country now, by the way. Zucks Bucks, how Facebook boss gave $419 million to get Biden elected. This is a fascinating piece. It's not being discussed nearly enough. They say the 2020 election wasn't stolen, their opinion. They say it was likely bought by one of the world's wealthiest and most powerful men, pouring his money through legal loopholes. Now it goes on here, uh, an entity called the Center for Technology and Civic Life, they actually passed a staggering $419 million of Zuckerberg's money into local government elections offices, and it came with strings attached. Uh, Each grant spelled out in great detail the conditions under which that grant money would be used. This is not a matter of Democrats outspending Republicans. It's private funding of election administration that was virtually unknown in the American political system before 2020. Um, This had nothing to do with traditional campaign finance or lobbying. It had to do with financing the infiltration, the Post called it, of election offices at the city and county level by left-wing activists and using those offices as a platform to implement preferred administrative practices, voting methods, and data sharing agreements, as well as to launch intensive outreach campaigns in areas heavy with Democrat voters. It goes on and on here, but it's fascinating. It underlines that they promoted universal mail-in voting through suspending election laws, extending deadlines that favored mail-in over in-person voting, greatly expanding opportunities for ballot curing, expensive bulk mailings, and other lavish community outreach programs that were directed by private activists. $419 million that is, a, that is a lot of money. To put it in perspective from the New York Post, federal and state matching funds for COVID-19 related election expenses in 2020 totaled $480 million. Mark Zuckerberg, $420 million. That's amazing. And it is essentially an untold story. Again, the story here is, according to the New York Post, Mark Zuckerberg, he didn't steal the election. He bought it. It's fascinating. All right. Want to talk about Norway. Did you hear some nut job with a bow and arrow killed five people? Five people were killed in Norway, which sees very little crime, with a bow and arrow. Now, when this broke last night, well, everybody wanted to say it was right-wing extremism, but here's what we know about the suspect. 37 years old, a Muslim convert, and he had been posting weird things online for, uh, for quite a while. But before we knew his identity and that he was a Muslim convert, here's what the New York Times is putting out right away. The Norwegian authorities have expressed concern that not enough is being done to root out right-wing extremism, especially among young people. Over there, same here. Uh, always want to pin it on the right. Meanwhile, Hey, who saw Captain Kirk go into space earlier this week, huh? It was kind of nice. It's a nice try. It's not going very far up into space, but, uh, and it was a nice little touch putting Captain Kirk, William Shatner, in the capsule. You know who's not fond of this uh, private space exploration effort? Prince William, officially the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, Here's what he says about all of this uh, space tourism. The idea that space race is on at the moment, we've seen everyone trying to get space tourism going. It's the idea that we, we need 
some of the world's greatest brains and minds fixed on trying to repair this planet, not trying to find the next place to go and live. He's a big climate change guy, big climate change guy. His father was too, I'll talk about him in a moment. But this is very easy, I'm sorry. He flies private half the time. Look at him getting onto a private jet with his family. You can't be a climate change proponent and uh, fly private, okay? If you do, you're a big phony, like John Kerry and so many others, all right? By the way, it's true. His father, Prince Charles, uh, was talking about the climate a long time ago. Your dad has been worried about this stuff for a very long time. And actually, people used to sort of take the mickey out of him a little yeah. bit for it. It's been a hard road for him. Uh, my grandfather started off um, helping out WWF a long time ago with um, its nature work um, and, and biodiversity. And I think that my father's sort of progressed that on and talked about climate change a lot more uh, very early on before anyone else thought it was a topic. So yes, he's had, a, he's had a really rough ride on that. And I think, you know, he's been proven to have been well ahead of the curve. Rough ride. Prince Charles had a rough ride. Look, we may have given him a hard time, but it wasn't about his hobbies, whatever they are, climate, museums, going places. It was because he was mean to Princess Diana. All right, that's why we gave him a hard time. And I'm still kind of annoyed at him for that. All right. Uh, on to basketball and the vaccine mandates. You know about this uh, Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets? He's a very talented player. He does not want the vaccine. I believe it should be an individual's choice. Um, I don't think the government should be telling us, ordering us to do this. He agrees with me. I agree with him. I've been consistent on this issue. Anyway, here's uh, Kyrie Irving talking about um, what's happening right now. All these people saying all these things about what's going on with me, and it's just not true. Pay attention to what's going on out in the real world. You know, people are losing their jobs to these mandates. Uh, people are having to make choices with their own lives, which I respect. You know, and and I don't want to um, sit here and and play on people's emotions either. Just use logic. You know, what would you do? Don't believe that. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give up this game. Uh, for a vaccine mandate or staying unvaccinated. Don't believe any of that. All right, so I don't know what his plans are, but he's on the bench because he won't get vaccinated. And uh, like him, I think it's up to the individual. So now it's coming from him, a big, powerful, famous, rich uh, NBA player, right? How does the mainstream media and celebrities, how do they react to that? I respect Kyrie Irving, what he does or what have you. Everyone has a choice. If he doesn't want to do it, fine. Then he doesn't want to, then he doesn't have to do it. I stand by Kyrie. You know, you're not playing this game by anybody else's rules but yours. I actually respect Kyrie for this, man. You know, because that's how you know he's doing it on principles. Right? He's like, I'm willing to lose this money because this is what I believe. Well, they're so accepting and so tolerant. Like, wow, uh, why is that happening? Because every time they talk about people who don't want the vaccine, they characterize them and caricaturize them as uh, Trump nutjobs. Trump nutjobs, the MAGA group, right? We're the ones who are resisting. We, silly Christians, we're the ones who are resistant to the science. Just ask them. We've seen that a lot of vaccine hesitancy is with Republicans, with uh, white evangelicals, with uh, rural population. So I hope that, um, you know, they'll start listening and saying, 
uh, you know, maybe I should go get vaccinated. It's an overlapping circle. It's a complete overlapping circle among white evangelical Christians. And I, you look at the data among white evangelical Christians who support Donald Trump, more than half say they're not going to get a shot. More than half say they will not get vaccinated of white evangelical Christians who support Donald Trump. What is it about being a Republican that might make you a little shy about vaccines? Wow. You know what I'm picking up on, quite frankly? A lot of anti-white sentiment. I mean, I, just, I mean, wow, the nerve. Um, oh, here's Mika Brzezinski. Not only does she have a problem with white people, she really has a problem with people who believe. The Wall Street Journal reports Christians are more resistant to taking the vaccine than other major religious groups. That's according to newly released data from the Public Religion Research Institute. The study shows 24% of white evangelicals said in June they wouldn't be vaccinated. Vaccines are a part of our uh, life here in America, and they help prolong life, and they help save life. And yet these Christians are refusing a vaccine? These Christians... And she mentioned white. She mentioned white five times. So did the Wall Street Journal. White, white, white. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they? Suddenly, Kyrie Irving, who I like, by the way, happens to be a person of color, treated with much more respect, much more respect than these pesky white evangelical Christians. Interesting, isn't it? And very, very sad. The double standard the lack of consistency, and judging people by what they look like and not what's on the inside. I'll be right back with Ashley Babbitt's mother. What happened to Ashley Babbitt on January 6th should be a national outrage. I am outraged. I know President Trump is and, uh, and some others, some great people, but not enough. Too many people have just accepted this and too many people think that this was somehow justified. Ashley Babbitt, a patriot who served her country in uniform, did not deserve this. She was unarmed and she was shot and killed, it seems to me, without warning. Well, I'm sorry this happened. But right now, I am privileged to be joined by Ashley Babbitt's mother, Mickey Whithoff. Ma'am, welcome to Newsmax. I am so sorry this happened, but uh, I am pleased to meet you. How are you? Uh, I'm pleased to meet you, too. I'm sorry as well. I'm, I'm, you know, hanging in there day by day. I know. Outraged as well. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Forgive me for asking, but how did you find out the news about her death? There a lot of folks, it was television. Did somebody call you? Uh, how were you notified? I was at work and my daughter-in-law called me. And so all the way home, I was hoping that it was a rubber bullet and that um, it was not my daughter. So, you know, you run a lot of things through your head. One thing that really bothers me about this, many things do, but... Uh, she dies. Even, I believe, those who have been convicted of crimes, if they served honorably in the United States Armed Forces, rate a military funeral. The Pentagon went out of their way to tell your family that there would be no military funeral. How do they justify that? They didn't justify it. It was just decided by a Colonel, I, 
I can't remember the, his last name, I don't have it in front of me, but um, somebody from the Air Force decided that because of her participation in January 6th, she would not be eligible. It doesn't seem fair at all. So that was just, that was, go, I'm sorry, no, ma'am, go ahead. Fair. It's just an outrage. It's an outrage like so many other things. You know, my daughter was a proud patriot protesting and um, not an insurrectionist. And I, I just think that that narrative should cease to be pushed forward for any of our political prisoners, my daughter especially included. Correct. These are not insurrectionists. This was not an insurrection. The FBI has essentially determined formally it was not an insurrection. How do you feel, though, about President Trump uh, when he started talking about Ashley Babbitt? In fact, he actually led the way. I had been talking about it, but very few. And one night at a rally, he just asked the big question. Let's go ahead and play that, please. And by the way, who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? We all saw the hand. We saw the gun. When the president, President Trump, brought attention, greater attention uh, to what happened, how did that change the case? Or how did it change even your life? I don't think it changed the case at all. I think the case stands for itself and the facts are the facts. And also, um, President Trump, that was shortly after I talked to President Trump. So, um, of course, anytime President Trump gets behind anything, it's, it's more attention to the cause. So I would say that it, it did bring more attention. But I'd like to thank Paul Gosar because he was actually the first one I heard speak about my daughter in official capacity when he shut down Rosen on the Senate floor. It was glorious. Congressman Gosar. Been on so he's, he's Congressman Gosar. Yep. I want to do this. I appreciate President Trump's participation, too, though. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, I know Aaron does as well, uh, Ashley's husband. I'd like to put this up, and then I'm going to just ask you, Mickey, what, are, what is something people should understand about this case and maybe understand about your daughter? But before we do that, if anyone wants to get involved, and I know a lawsuit is being planned, givesendgo.com slash justice for Ashley. Givesendgo.com slash justice for Ashley. That's a way for people to get involved. Um, so, Mickey... Tell us, though, I know uh, our time is limited, but what would you like people to know that they might not know right now? That my daughter was funny, vivacious, full of life. Um, I miss her every day. Uh, this, not only did I lose a daughter, this country lost a proud patriot that day. And uh, like so many other people, I, I, well, I haven't seen, I did not see it, but like so many other people, I just know that it was murder. I know my daughter was murdered. I know my daughter didn't see, the, I won't say his name. I know my daughter didn't see the officer behind the, where he was hiding. That seems, and it's an outrage. It and seem, the fact that. Go ahead, please. Go. I'm sorry. No, I would just, people ask me what justice for Ashley looks like. And I would say, you know, reform to the Capitol Police. I would like to say uh, um, changes in the laws, changes in the way we vote. You know, my daughter died for a cause she, she believed in. She wasn't, not that she was, my daughter believed in enough in the fact that the election was stolen to go to Washington, D.C. with so many other patriots that are there that are still suffering. And I feel like they tried to squash a movement that day, but I feel like they've made my daughter's voice louder. But there are people still in jail suffering, and everybody in this country knows that that's not right. Mm -hmm. Some of them are in jail for little more than carrying a flag. 
who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody. Well, Mickey, this is this they is supposed not. to be this is supposed to be a free country, and you can have an opinion about the election, and it should not be criminalized. And uh, this is this has gone way too far. Mickey, uh, we support you. Uh, please stay in touch. I hope to meet you someday, and it's not with the you know the Zoom and the delay and all that stuff. I apologize, but Mickey Whithoft, thank you very much, and our best to your family to be continued. Thank you. This weekend, by the way, you can see a longer interview, which this deserves a longer interview. Uh, John Tobacco will be hosting Mickey on Saturday at 10 o'clock. An in-depth interview with Mickey Whithoff, the mother of Ashley Babbitt. We'll be right back. So after our disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, a lot of us were moved when a Marine Corps lieutenant colonel stepped forward and demanded accountability from senior leadership. Marines always get in trouble for the slightest mistake. Here we had so many catastrophic mistakes and uh, no accountability. He demanded it. And guess what? As he predicted, he got himself into a lot of trouble. He was in court today for an Article 32 hearing. That's generally prelude, I believe, to a a court-martial. There he is, uh, just behind the lawyer at that point. Uh, We understand that he pleaded guilty to all the charges against him, six of them. And take a look. Uh, Showing contempt toward officials, disrespect toward superior commissioned officers, willfully disobeying a superior commissioned officer goes on and on. He pleaded guilty to uh, all six charges. What happens next, though? This technically, I believe, was not a court martial. Let's bring in one of his defense attorneys, Tony Busby, representing Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller. Uh, Welcome to Newsmax, sir. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about what today was an article 32 hearing he pleaded guilty what happens next this this was a long time coming you know we've been negotiating with marine lawyers for for about a week uh obviously negotiating determining what his potential sentence would be which we expect to be just a letter of reprimand so he can go ahead and separate from the marine corps uh had we done anything else today that is had we fought the charges which you know of course lawyers uh, like to fight just like marines like to fight uh i think it probably would have been um, a situation where he wasn't uh, being accountable. Uh, Remember, this all started with with Lieutenant Colonel Scheller uh, asking for accountability. Uh, And in these kinds of cases, truth is not a defense. And what he said was true. So uh, we finally, after some wrangling, agreed, uh, and it was uh, Lieutenant Colonel's uh, desire to to say, you know what, I said what I said, I meant what I said, I still mean what I said and uh, to accept the consequences. And we expect the consequences to be simply a letter of reprimand and allow this honorable Marine to leave the Marine Corps. So let's uh, show everybody uh, what he did that got the Marine Corps so mad and made a lot of us uh, take a look at this Lieutenant Colonel and say, wow, uh, we salute you. Uh, Let's go ahead and roll that, please. Of them are raising their hands and accepting accountability or saying, we messed this up. I'm not saying we've got to be in the in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying, did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? And when you didn't think to do that, did anyone raise their hand and say, we completely messed this up? From my position, potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and and raise their hand and say, we did not do this well in the end. 
Without that, we just keep repeating the same mistakes. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders, I demand accountability. It was so refreshing. Um, but look, I was a Marine and I knew he was going to be in trouble. He did as well. I think that's quite frankly fair. He knew what he was doing, but I did not think they would throw him in the brig. Uh, he was in the brig down in Camp Lejeune uh, for several days. I think we might have some pictures of the brig, the inside. This is military prison. How did they justify putting him in there? Uh, they said he was a flight risk. And and I think it's 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 almost comical. If you're a Marine, I was a Marine as well. And to suggest that a, a Marine officer, an infantry officer, is going to lose his resolve or, or his, uh, you know, backbone is somehow going to lose its hardness because he's in an air-conditioned cell with reading materials and good food. Uh, obviously, that wasn't going to happen. But they claimed he was a flight risk and kept him from his family for about a week uh, until we finally could get him out. And today was essentially his day to take accountability for what he said. Uh, and you know, we look forward to to hearing what the the judge has to say. Uh, obviously, there were witnesses today uh, with regard to mitigation um, about his service. Uh, we had Marines uh, and other personnel who testified about their service with him, one of which said that he was the best Marine he ever served with. Uh, we had a few congresspersons who testified. So uh, we expect a decision from the court tomorrow. We expect the punishment to be a letter of reprimand and hopefully a honorable um, separation from the Marine Corps. This is a man that gave 17 years of his life uh, as an infantry officer, as lieutenant colonel, who walked away with three years to go to get All his right. retirement, walking away from more than $2 million. Uh, who could have, we, we could have fought this. We could have dragged this out for a couple of weeks in court and, and made all kinds of excuses, but he didn't want that. He wanted to say, look, I understand. I, said what I, said. I meant I, what I said, and it's still the truth. No pension whatsoever. There's no, uh, what do they call it? Vest. He's not vested or anything like that, right? No, no pension. None. 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 Uh, I have heard reports, and forgive me for prying, but uh, there were some human factors issues, tension in the family, uh, perhaps a side business that, that suffered. Again, uh, this is, 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 is that relevant at all uh, to his state of mind, either when this video was made or right now? I don't think so. I think what the most relevant thing is this is a man that served with a lot of Marines and watched what we all watched in horror and, and sorrow and outrage and frustration what happened uh, August 26th of uh, this last year, this year. And, uh, you know, it was a completely botched and it made it even worse when the generals went in front of the Senate and testified that this was an operational and tactical success. Uh, 13 people dying for no reason is not a success. And, and I think it he said what a lot of us Marines and a lot of people that have served were thinking and a lot of the American public was thinking, which is, where is the accountability? And he's still saying the same thing. What are his plans right now? I only have a few seconds left. What next? How long, how long will it take him to get out of the Marine Corps? Uh, I think he's going to separate pretty quickly, and hopefully he'll be back with his three kids and wife very soon. All right. And, uh, well, look. I admire what he did. I also think the Marine Corps did the right thing in the end, a letter of reprimand and an honorable discharge. This, I think you did a good job of your client. And I actually, if you don't mind, how do you think the Marine Corps handled this in the end? The conclusion is one you're comfortable with, right? Well, we'll see tomorrow, uh, assuming, assuming we get a letter of reprimand and, and some sort of discharge that's honorable because he had honorable service. That's what we're looking for. All right. Thank you. Sorry about that. Well, Tony Busby, thank you very much. Do me a favor, if you don't mind, give my best to your client and uh, his parents. 
Will do. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And we'll be right back. A man who I met on Twitter, <laughs> or as we would say, social media, he is some piece of work, this guy. I want to just thank you, because I'm a fan of yours also. You're a very successful guy. Say a few words, please. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you. Yeah, let me, yeah, this is a little too tall for me. First of all, I just want to say I love President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> An awesome moment between Terrence K. Williams and the President of the United States. Terrence K. Williams, a superstar on social media and a superstar on stage. You can see him at the Laugh at Your Own Wrist Tour throughout Florida and uh, Texas. States will go into that in a moment. But Terrence K. Williams, welcome back. How you doing, sir? Greg, thank you for having me on, man. And thank you for playing that video. I miss President Donald J. Trump. We need him back. Trump 2024. Can we get Trump back? <laughs> well, oh, my goodness. I think he's coming back in a big way. Uh, the Democrats are kind of freaking out. They want to impeach him all over again, it seems like. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's going to happen. So, look, the country seems to be a little bit out of control socially. Uh, canceling comedians, somehow you have survived. What's it like out there? Man, it's tough. It's tough. You, you, you can't say anything. This is why people are trying to cancel comedians, because there is truth in comedy. There, when I'm on stage, Greg, I'm talking about real life situations. I'm talking about things that are going on in the country, and people just don't like the truth. And the ones who don't like the truth want to counsel comedy. I mean, look at what they're doing to Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was telling, he was telling the God honest truth. You know, a, a, a man, a male cannot have a child. You cannot push a child out of your legs if you are a man, if you were born a man. There's no possible way that you can do that. And just because you change your gender to a male doesn't mean uh, uh, that you were a man that had a baby. You're still a woman, you know. Uh, it's true. And if you say these things out loud, it gets people uh, really, really upset. I want to ask you something, though. I feel like you have greater latitude as a comedian to go there. Yes, they give you a hard time, but and especially, quite frankly, comedians of color. I mean, some of the stuff that Chappelle said on stage that you a white person could get away with that. And part of me really likes that. I like that somebody is saying it. I think that more people should be able to say it, but he's got a certain latitude. Do you have that latitude, too, seriously, as a person of color? Oh, yes. Listen, it's called black privilege. I mean, I can huh. say things that you can't say. I can say things that white people can't say. So I, I, would, I think it's safe to say that I have black privilege. Um, but you know what? People should be, if people should be able to express uh, uh, their opinions no matter what color they are at all. You know, No matter what color you are, you should be able to express your opinion. But in America, since I'm a black man, I can say things that white people can't say. But Greg, listen, people have counseled me a long time ago. When I announced my support for President Trump, I was counseled. So I've been counseled, you know, so I can say what I want for real. I love it. I love it. There is a freedom in that, right? There is a freedom when they it's, try to take everything. This yeah. is America. You this can is America. And some people are forgetting that they want to. The Laugh at Your Own Wrist Tour uh, starts, let's see here, November 6th in Clearwater, Florida. 
Terrence K. Williams is all over social media. Uh, I think I'm going to be able to see the November 7th show in West Palm. That's my goal. Terrence, to be continued, we need to have you here in person. We need to have you here uh, more often. Talk soon, buddy. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Join us tomorrow night. Tell your friends. See you later.